Yes. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Just Ask Podcast. With me today, I have Shakira Mills. Hi. <laughs> Excited to be here. Um, today, we'll be speaking about motivation in many different facets of the word. But we're going to be also looking at her book and, you know, trying to portray the way to be motivated in life. So before we start, Shakira, who are you? Tell people who you are. I am such a multifaceted person. Uh, I am an empowerment speaker and author. I am an educator. I teach Caribbean studies at Jamaica College part-time. And full-time, I am an admin and procurement professional at the University of the West Indies. So lots of different things, but they intertwine with each other. All right, cool. And would you say that the empowerment part of what you do helps you with, you know, being a teacher at you said Jamaica College? Yeah. yeah. It does because um, I think my students like the fact that I don't just come to teach them. They get a little, you know, motivation to go out in the world and, you know, be them best self. And I've seen a lot of my students do great things once they step out. So. Okay. Um, so what does... All right. So the first part of your book, you tried to, like, explain what um, serenity means to you. Mm-hmm. So... Could you like go over that for the people? Like, what what does it mean to you? Why did you choose a name and how? Okay, uh, so my what people call my company and I call my movement, um, Serenity Motivated, it mm. came up in 2017. And it was a phase where I was really trying to find peace. I was really trying to find peace. Like, I was, I was messed up. I was trying to find some peace. Mm. And I came across Serenity and I was doing a lot of posts and reading up on Serenity and then I decided I was going to start my own blog and mm-hmm. because the whole you know theme of Serenity was already playing through my mind I knew I wanted to use Serenity because I wanted to to use the blog to help me to find peace it, mm-hmm. the blog was never about anybody else it was just about me writing to find my own peace and then I added Serenity Motivated SM, and surprisingly, I didn't even realize that SM would have yeah, been SM, Shakira Mills, Serenity mm. Motivated. It, was, it just kind of, it was just coincidental. Uh, and then the blog, when I started to write the blog and I started to post on social media, it became relatable to other people. I realized I was not the only one that was going through some of the things that I was going through. And so persons would look out for the blog, mm-hmm. uh, read the blog, comment on the blog, have conversations with me about the blog, how the blog helped them to move forward with a specific issue that they were facing. And before you know it, I stopped writing um, blogs and I was now speaking about what I was writing and it just kind of just blew up um, with me just starting for writing, for healing my own self and then helping other people along the way. That sounds right. And I just like to, like, promote that before we speak about the the chapters of course mm-hmm. the third chapter mean, meant a lot to me because as I saw like as I saw choose you mm-hmm. I was at the moment I was in a moment in my life where I was trying to like question everything about who I am at that moment mm-hmm. so like it was like faith finances um, family, mm-hmm. friends, like I was trying to see what are the things that makes me me 
And when I saw the words, choose you, it kind of stuck to me. I told you that I was reading your book virtually. Yes. And I, like, like I put my hand on the keyboard by accident and it jumped straight to chapter three. Wow. Destined. <laughs> so, that's the first part of the book that I read. And I was like, yeah, this sounds like she's speaking to me. And I really like the fact that in the book that you try to relate it based off experiences, things you saw, moments in your life. Because mm-hmm. that's the type of book that I like. I, I don't really like, like, straight information. Right. I like to hear stories and I like to see people portraying themselves because mm-hmm. I really think the only way you can really express yourself in life is by through experiences. That's true. So with that said, the topic is motivation. What's your motivation? I think my motivation is the fact that, it sounds weird, but the fact that I was not supposed to I don't know if anybody ever been through a moment where you weren't supposed to do something. Mm-hmm. Like you are the anomaly. You weren't supposed to be here. You weren't supposed to, to, to progress. You weren't supposed to strive. And because I wasn't supposed to, and I realized that I could, it's like you don't want to stop. You just want to keep continuing to do your best because you've, as, as people back in the day, say so you passed the worst already. So if you pass the worst already, just continue to do your best so that you can continue to, you know, become a better version of yourself. So that's, that's what keeps me motivated, knowing that uh, I wasn't supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be this particular person. People in society didn't expect me to, dis- to be this particular person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they say in Jamaican terms, I passed the worst already, so I just uh, continue to try the journey. And I think that's important for a lot of people because I think that we're so hard on ourselves for, like, a lot of simple reasons. Mm -hmm. I think that we search for motivation in so many different ways, but at the same time, certain things are just right in front of you. That's true. I think we, like, especially as, like, young people, Mm -hmm. we strive to be, like, what we see. And use that as a motivation instead right. of like having like having a narrow idea sitting down saying this is what I want, this is what how I'm going to achieve it, and that's how I'm going to press forward. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem I have because <laughs> you see, you see, like people having so much success, and mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for you not to want that success for yourself. But as one of the main messages in your book to me, says you should just sit, um, control yourself, and try just being the best you you can be first. Yeah. Before you worry about, like, pushing forward. And, and I think... Yeah, continue. Uh, what you said is that because we have so much images out there now, it's mm-hmm. so easy to see what everybody else is doing. We're so easy, it's so easy to get lost mm-hmm. in thinking that their standard of success needs to be your standard of success mm-hmm. or their standard of motivation or empowerment needs to be your standard. It's, I, I love the quote that says, me against me, like it's always leveling up you. It's so important to distinguish that you are different from them and what is important to you may not be important to somebody else and that's okay you're you're competing with your own self you're trying to get to a better version of you all the time and i love the acronym you because i like because i say yes only you (laughs) i like i like that because i say that's really how you're supposed to think about life supposed to really be as you said a me versus me type of thing Mm -hmm. 
and you're just always trying to outdo the things that you've always been trying to do. Um, but I also think that, and this is my next question to you, there's motivation and there's keeping motivated. Like, you know, some people have the motivation, but mm-hmm. it's hard for them to keep motivated. Keep it's, motivated. Like, it's like you being fit, but you need the gym instructor to keep you there. So a lot of people say that motivation doesn't work. It's not mm-hmm. about motivation. It's about self-discipline. Uh, but I like to switch it and say that if you are disciplined enough, mm-hmm. uh, you will be self-motivated. And so motivation is not from outside you. You can read all the books. You can read the come up so many times mm-hmm. and it doesn't work for you because You're not at the level that you want to move. You're not at the level that you want to do something better with your life. And it's not until you look inside yourself to find the motivation to push you forward, um, then you will, as you say, keep motivated. So motivation for me is not outside of you. Yes, I'm a motivational speaker and I talk to people and I try to get them to be motivated, but I I can I can talk to you so often. You can you can read all read the book. You can watch all my talks. But if you aren't willing to change, if you aren't willing to move forward, and so it's it it's really motivation to me is a is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. It's not an outside of you thing where you're looking for it. It has to come from within. It, there must be something drastic that is going to that is that has happened to let you realize that hey. There's something more to life. There's something more that I need to be doing. So for me to keep motivated, to keep motivated is really about finding your inner why, finding what is inside of me that I, that's going to keep me burning. You know, yeah. what is inside of me that's going to keep my flame lit? You can't look for outside sources because then your flame isn't going to stay lit if you're not mm-hmm. getting what outside is, is putting in. Once you have it inside, you're always going to be burning. That's how I see it. <laughs> and that's true because I realized that to bring back the gym analogy, mm-hmm. I hate working out. Same. <laughs> but <laughs> I realized when I went, for the first time with my new team, I realized that it really wasn't all about just the the pain and all that stuff. It was really because I had no one there to like help me like want to achieve a certain goal for myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe it is that I need that person to start, but then it's up to me to maintain it. Yeah. So motivation kind of works with having people around you. Because I believe in being self-motivated, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I believe that you need people around you willing to push you to want to be self-motivated, if that makes sense. I, I agree with you. A lot of the times our circle, the people that we have around us kind of drain us more than fill us up. Yeah. And so when we have, when, when we are motivated ourselves uh, sometimes the people around us they're not adding to that motivation and it can it can easily just become burnt out if you're the only one that wants to do something and there's nobody pouring into you so your circle is really important yeah and I think to to preface off that mm-hmm. we we hang sometimes are demotivated by the people who want to be motivated the most by and Knowing that is not necessarily like a like a clue to like get rid of someone or anything like that, but sometimes it can be a clue that a person is going through something. Maybe that person is not as motivated as they should be, 
and you need to now go to them and try and motivate them to be that side. I don't know. I think uh, that's that's where I disagree. Um, yes, we're supposed to be helping each other, mm-hmm. but again, we can only help a person to a, to a level. If a person doesn't want to be motivated, then no matter how many how many times you try to motivate them, it's not, they're not gonna change. So uh, you can show them through your own lifestyle, and you can probably talk to them, but they have to want it as well. I think so, that's fair. Yeah, they have to. Because you'll be pouring out so much into a person mm-hmm. and nothing is changing because they don't necessarily see that they need to change or they don't necessarily see that they are not motivated and they're being bummed out all the time and, you know, they're a drag and it's kind of weighing on that sort of, you know, relationship, friend relationship, intimate relationship, anything like that, family relationship. But you can talk to them and if nothing... And if they don't want to change, nothing will change. Which is true. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that there's only, as you said, there's only so much that you can help somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think we undervalue, like, professional help. That's true. <laughs> because, yeah. like, I'm not, like, I would love to be a therapist, but I'm not a therapist. Right. <laughs> so I think we undervalue, like, wanting to get help. And in the per- the previous, like, episodes that I've spoken about, mm-hmm. each episode I've enlightened the fact that I think a lot of us need therapy. And I think we undervalue what a therapist does. So disclosure, I did therapy. Yeah. Um, and that's true. A lot of the times we look for our friends and our intimate partners to be our therapists. And they're not our therapists. They're not here to fix us. They're not here to, to listen to your problems all the time and mm. you know give you advice. They're here to be you know, they're here to strengthen you. They're here to be in a relationship with you that is mutually beneficial. Yeah. So going to therapy is important. Knowing when you need help and going to get help is crucial. And there's no shame in it. I think our society brings a lot of shame on getting help or going to talk to a therapist or a psychologist or a counselor, mm. a pastor, anything like that. So we get a lot of shame for it. Oh, you're not okay. You don't, you don't need to talk to anybody. Um, you know, go pray or go sort out yourself. Um, but sometimes we really need to have that discussion with somebody that don't know us so that they can give us a different perspective and give us exercises to help mm. ourselves. And I believe in, like, divine messaging. So, like, the message will not, not always come from the person that you want it to come from. Mm-hmm. So, that therapist could be that person who breaks through and says something to you that you've probably been wanting to know yes. or hear for a while. And sometimes, as I say, we, as you say, we focus too much on our family and our loved ones and stuff, and we don't like hear people out. Yes. So that's like realms of what, like, what I think motivation can come from anywhere, anything. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think your book the come up as you say kind of pushes the light that it can come from anywhere but at the same time you are your biggest motivator and you need to work on the strategies in which to get yourself there yes 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 so as we continue speaking about it speak to me about as you say i believe it's the positive no and the negative yes. Yes, uh, you know that chapter has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of push. The positive no and the negative yes. And when I was writing that, 
it was at a moment where I felt the need to say yes to everything mm-hmm. uh, because you su- you're supposed to do it in quotes. You're supposed to do this. And so if you say, no, it girl look bad. Uh, you su- you're, you're expected to do this. And so if you say, no, um, you know, people are feel a certain type of way. But sometimes we have to not worry about the other people and we have to worry about ourselves because you could say yes to something that mm-hmm. is going to completely affect you because you're tired and you're drained out. And so... That's why I came up with the concept of the positive no. Mm-hmm. Now, because you say no to doing something means that it's bad. Sometimes the no is going to be the beneficial thing for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the no is going to be that thing that's going to set you apart from not getting sick and burnt out. Sometimes the no is the thing that's going to save you. You don't have to do everything that everybody doing. Now, because your friends say, let's go down the road and you don't want to feel bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, saying no is not a negative thing. Thing. And a lot of the times I feel like society has put that conception in us that no, saying no means that you're a bad person and you're not caring about other people. Yeah. And that's not the case because if you are burnt out, you're not going to be able to pour into somebody else. And so sometimes you have to take a step back and mm. actually say no. Uh, and so that now makes yes negative mm. because if you're saying yes to something that you really don't want to do, Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's going to negatively affect you. If you're saying yes to something that uh, um, you know you're tired already and you can't take on anymore and you're still going to say yes because you think it looks good, mm-hmm. uh, you're expected to say yes, it has a negative impact on you. So it's really just to think about it, a new perspective to think about yes and no. Uh, because not every no is negative and not every yes is positive. And so we have to be consciously thinking about the things that we say yes and no to. And... The reason why I picked that chapter is because I think that you perfectly worded it. I think that that's something that I can't speak for everybody but myself. I need to work on because I'm a very helpful person. That's just who I am. Um, I always try to strive to make sure that everyone around me is okay. Um, if they need a favor, if they need something like that, I just try to always be out there for that person, regardless of how I feel about the situation or how I feel about... Um, or how I feel at the time. So mm-hmm. like if I'm tired or if I, you know, I've been totally overworked, busy, I always try to put my best foot forward in, any, in everything and anything I do. But as you say, with me being using that negative yes, I could be drained and maybe I end up don't putting my best foot forward and that person feels disappointed mm-hmm. and it actually looks as a very badly on me for doing that so i saw the pros and cons to reading it and i just like to say i think that was the best worded thing in the book like like i don't think you could have worded that chapter any better thank Um, you thank you anthony so chapter seven a little thing i don't think you know about me is that seven is my favorite number Seven is my lucky number. I tell people all the time, if I see something and it has 10 options, I get picked seven. <laughs> I don't okay. even know. And the funniest thing to me about that is the first word of oh, that. Yes, look at that, ASK. Ask. <laughs> which is my initials and the name of the show. So I said, this, I have to speak about it. <laughs> so yes. I say, So... Diving into the chapter, mm-hmm. I would say 
that's also something that a lot of people struggle with. Just asking for what you want. Just always demanding what you want. It doesn't always have to be abrasive. Right. It doesn't always have to come off like that. But at some point in your life, you're going to have to press and just try and get exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of passive people go through that. Like people who, you know, they're just okay with anything. Yeah, because I think we've been socialized to take what we get. Yeah. Oh, you're lucky that you get it anyway. So just take what you get. And because we have been brought up with that mindset, we are so scared to say, no, that's not what I want. Or no, that's not what I want, you know. Or to just ask exactly for what we want. Because uh, I, I, I would put, because I'm, I, you know, I have a like, history background. Um, I would think that it's a slavery mindset. Yeah. It's a plantation mindset. We're lucky, we're lucky to be here. We're lucky that Master give us this. It's a black people thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because uh, we're not privileged enough to get what we want. Anything that we get, uh, we should just settle with that because we're lucky to get something anyways. And so I find an issue with that. And even me growing up, uh, based on where I was coming from, growing up poor, is like, whatever you get, just take it because you're lucky that you get it anyways. Mm-hmm. And some of the times it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and so it took a long time for me to start asking for what I wanted and to really just be confident that this is what I want and this is what I'm going to ask for. And uh, I know that you may not give it to me, but there's the what if. Mm-hmm. What if I ask for what I want and I get it exactly how I desired it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if I don't do it, then I won't know if I can get exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And so we have to ask for what we want. It's scary. It is so scary. I had a friend that said she did the activity at the end of that chapter and she went out there and she's going to ask for something that she wanted today. And when she was when she stood up in front of the person to ask, she was so scared to do it. And it can mm-hmm. be scary to ask for what we want because we're so used to you know, just taking whatever comes our yeah, way. Yeah, just taking whatever comes our way, and it's so important that if that's not what you want, don't settle for it. Uh, especially if you're spending money somewhere. If that's not what you want, don't settle for it. If you don't mm. like something, talk up. Say exactly what is it that you want. I mm. find that to be so important. And to me, like it brings the conversation of something that well will be another topic. But I call it fine lines. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there are fine lines between a lot of words and knowing how to navigate between those fine lines mm-hmm. can be the difference between you being offended, being upset, and all those things. It's like, so for that, like you said that you wanted something, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like the fine line between being rebellious and just actually wanting something. Right. So sometimes someone can't see that you just want it but they just see that you're trying to be rebellious. And I think understanding those fine lines between words are, like what I said, all of our issues, which is why I never try to give a hard stance on anything nowadays. Right. I try to always try to understand your perspective. And if I'm not understanding you, I try to always ask, am I not getting you? Mm-hmm. Which is a topic by itself, <laughs> understanding. A whole topic by itself. But one of the things I want to say, Anthony, is that uh, a lot of the times why we think it may be an issue is because how we approach the situation. Yeah. When we ask for what we want, we want to be 
dominant with it and we want to give the attitude aggressive with it mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have to do that you don't have to be aggressive to ask for what you want mm-hmm. uh, you can be pleasant about it hey you know I never really like um, how it is that you prepared this can mm-hmm. you do it in this way next time mm-hmm. or uh as the example that I gave in the book was so simple. The um, I re- strawberry frosting. Yeah, I really just want strawberry frosting on my frosty. Can mm-hmm. I get strawberry frosting on my chocolate frosty? I know that's not normally done, mm-hmm. um, but I'm asking you, please, if, if, I, could, if I could get that. Uh, another example I have is me getting leg and thigh all the time at mm-hmm. Papa's, not KFC, though. You know, KFC is yeah, a different yeah, story. Yeah. Um, and it's just by asking, I, I, really don't, I really don't eat rib. But mm-hmm. I really want the leg, and my beggar, please do. Um, can I get a leg and tie? And she's looking at me like she really just asked for leg and We don't serve leg and tie. Man, we don't serve leg and tie, but my beggar, you can't put a leg and tie in my box, please. Mm-hmm. And most times, 90% of the 100, I get my leg and tie just by how I approach it. I'm not demanding it, mm-hmm. I'm asking for what I want. And a lot of the times when we ask for what we want, it's sometimes things that aren't normally done. Um, but if we ask, then we can probably have our way and we could be happy. It's, it reminds me of like how my mom operates. Because mm-hmm. I always used to tell her that she has a positive aggression. So she never, like, even when she's trying to press for something, she never seems like she's really that upset until she gets upset. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're saying is that you, you think that there are kind ways to be, to because be, I don't want to say aggressive. Assertive. To be assertive. Yeah. It's, there are kind of ways for you to, and it doesn't always have to seem aggressive. Mm-hmm. Because out of us, as you say, think that we need to be aggressive to get the things that we want. But aggression doesn't doesn't equate to everybody the same. Right. That's the best way I can say it. And how people respond to aggression isn't... If you're aggressive with me, I'm more than likely not going to give you what you want. Yeah. Right. So we have to find a different approach to it so that we can, we can you know, be positive about what we want and kind of interact with the other person in a good way. I always say, especially us as Jamaicans, don't, don't be aggressive with us. Don't, don't shout at us because we, it becomes a whole other topic. I think a great skill that we have out here is to switch a topic. Yeah. Because we will, we will start about food mm-hmm. and we will switch it about how you grow up. Yeah. Or, or your bad mind, a bad yeah. mind, a bad mind, that's why you're going. So, you know, yeah. all of these different things. <laughs> um, to move on to commending yourself. Like, a point I always mention on it is that mm-hmm. I'm not finishing school. And even the the small journeys of school, because my me not finishing school, I mostly think it's because I don't really know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it has me less motivated about what I'm doing. But I want to finish. So it's kind of like an internal battle with myself. And I think that I have not taken the time to like really, you know, congratulate myself on like, like this, for example, this podcast this that I'm doing or um, finishing a semester of school or, you know, just those small things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us suffer from not commending mm-hmm. yourself for the little things. 
I give you a, a recent example. I started my master's. Mm-hmm. I was so pumped about it. I was so pumped about being the girl that is doing everything. I'm Makiwani's president. I just wrote a book. I have mm-hmm. two jobs, three if you really count speaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do my master's on top of all that. Sounds like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started it. And I got to... Got through the first month, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought until I realized that my mental health was at play. I was always tired. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was always cranky. Mm-hmm. And something had to give. Uh, and I thought to myself, do I really need to be the girl that's doing everything? Uh, is that just what society says or is that what I actually want? And I had to have, mm-hmm. that, have that conversation with myself. And I had to defer from my masters. Mm-hmm. And a long time a couple weeks it took me a long time to to talk about it because I felt kind of shame I felt like oh I I disappointed myself or I'm disappointing everybody around me Uh, and then I had to pull through and say yo but you're doing other things it's not like you know you're doing other things and I had to really do this exact thing that's in this chapter mm-hmm. pick out the small things and say yo girl your life is going good so what if you're not in a masters you can do a masters at 30 at 40 yeah. right um and so as you said we have to take that time to look through our lives and pick out the small things that we have done because our lives most times are going pretty great yeah. we just don't take the time to have that gratitude to pick out those small things and say yo I started a podcast. You know mm. how much people want to start podcasts and yeah. start, right? Um, you know, you have a job. Uh, you're adulting pretty well. We don't, mm. we don't put down the little things. There are a lot of people that are trying to find jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to be grateful. It's that spirit of gratitude, thanks. right? Mm. To, to just celebrate the small things. I think if we celebrate the small things most times or... or how we feel mm-hmm. uh, drastically changes. You wake up in the morning just thankful because of the small things. And it pushes you through your day. It pushes you through your week because you have a new perspective of looking at life. Mm-hmm. And I think that I learned, like I especially learned to try and get the people around me to really embrace that specific thing. Because mm-hmm. I realized I had a lot of people around me that, are always focused on the things that they're not doing, if you get what I mean. Yes. For example, my friend Rasheen, he was always focused on, like, him not doing his um, ACCAs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I told him that row between you getting your your new job at Digicel and torching tennis Mm -hmm. and just, you know, always being so active, you have a lot to be grateful about and come in yourself because... I don't know how you do it. Sometimes I remember the times where we'd go out till like four in the morning mm-hmm. and him have a tennis class at eight. And him go, he's there. He's not really there, but he's there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just think that that chapter should speak to a lot of people. Like you need to take the time to just commend yourself. You're doing yeah. a good job. You're doing a good job. And mental... And mental health is the basis of this show. It's why I started the show. It's why I want people to listen to the show. Because mm-hmm. I want you to be able to come from each episode with a message to yourself. Like, you you need to want better for yourself. I don't necessarily want you to think that you have to be better. I want you to think that you want better for yourself. Because yeah. everything is a process and we'll all take life in different roads. Um, to move on to... 
chapter 17, saving yourself. Speak to me about it. Ah, I was reading that chapter recently, actually. <laughs> and I, I started the chapter with every girl's dream. Mm. Uh, we are brought up as women, uh, especially if you're coming from a traditional home. You're brought up as a woman to have a man save you. No matter how your life is going, you are always, you know, you always have hope. Yeah, there's going to be a man when I get to 19 or 20 that is going to find the broken me, dust me off, shine me up and take me up and, you know, uh, show me life that I never thought I could see. And I struggled with that for a long time because why did I need somebody else to save me? Why did I need somebody else to find me broken uh, mm -hmm. and then fix me to what it is that he wants me to be uh, so that I could live a good life. Uh, and I think for us as human beings, we are always waiting um, for somebody else to come and fix us. And that's why a lot of us get in relationships because we're not good by ourselves. We yeah. can't stand on our own two feet. Uh, and it comes a moment where you have to really step back and ask yourself, why not just, why me? Why I can't save me? Why mm. I can't build me into what is it that I need me to be? Uh, as, as some of those feminist quotes say, why I can't be the man that I'm waiting on to save me, mm. right? I'm not saying that you can't get into relationships. I'm not saying that you're not going to find true love. I'm saying that uh, fix mm. you first. I was speaking to my, like a, just a quick side note. Mm. I was speaking to my friend. She's a hard feminist and we argue all the time. Yeah. Um, but one thing that she said that always stick to me and I tried to tell like, my female friends about it, I was like, they say, yo, I'm waiting on this man to be that person. And, I, and she said, why do you think there's a man in the word woman? Because you already have that man. So I said... I love that. <laughs> so when she said it to me, I said, I know you just tried to be slick, but that's actually a very powerful thing you just said a while ago. And I think... As you say, we need to stop worrying to wait for someone to come and save us. Mm -hmm. I know some people need saving, <laughs> but it's, it's innate that the people that don't have the mindset of, I can be that person to just at least see, just try. Mm -hmm. Try and, as you say, save yourself. Try, because you won't know unless you try. Right. And, and saving yourself don't mean that you're working on yourself by yourself. Yeah. I mean, there are so many other things that we can we can add to ourselves. I mean, there is there is a spiritual life mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to need to hold on to that. There There is your circle. You're going to need to hold on to that or fix it, shuffle it around, find new people, all of those different things. So uh, it's it's. It's trying to fix you for you mm. and not for somebody else. A lot of the times we're fixing ourselves up um, and that can be physical um, mm. and not, you know, inside of us. We're fixing ourselves up for other people. Yeah. Uh, and it's not about the other people. I think that's the main message of the book. It's not about the other people. It's about you. It's about you. Mm -hmm. And so you have to save your own self. Stop waiting mm -hmm. for somebody else to come and pick you up and dust you off. Mm -hmm. Pick up yourself, dust off yourself. It's like when a child is um when a child starts walking. Mm -hmm. Most times when they when they start to walk and they fall, the parent doesn't run and pick them up because 
trying to, to create that sort of independence for them. You want them to try and get on the moon. Yeah, you want them to fair. walk on their own. Mm-hmm. You need to walk on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. Um, and I would say that that would be the chapter that speaks the most to my mom. Because my mom is all about like you being independent for yourself and you at least having the idea of wanting to be there for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because she, even though she believes in like you know people being around her and stuff, and people being around to help, she wanted to always have that idea in your head that you can do it. Yes. Yeah. So, I think that's the difference between like someone saying you know when I need no help, versus, yeah, I I can do it on my own, but the help is great. Right. So people should be like an addition to you. It shouldn't yeah. be that somebody is removed from you and because that person is removed from you, you are weakened. You are mm-hmm. a weakened link. That person is just supposed to be an addition to you. With or without them, you are going great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because you have them, you know, um, life is greater. Yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of way. But when they are removed, you haven't lost you know, so-called. You haven't really lost anything because you could stand on your own two feet with or without them. So I get you. Mm-hmm. Um so I want to dissect the book from like the first to the ending. Mm-hmm. So why the como? Like why that name? So funny thing, uh, in the introduction it said that uh my partner, my boyfriend actually, he was the one that Mm-hmm. came up with the name to come up. It wasn't mm-hmm. me. I take no credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he said, what about the come up? I looked at him and I was wondering, what did I come up from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I haven't really done anything with my life. Um, what did I come up from? I haven't come up as yet. Uh, and it is in sitting and wondering if I came up that made mm-hmm. me come up <laughs> with yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole perspective of what the come up is. When we think about the come up, we think about all of these material possessions. We think about wealth and, you know, buying a house, buying a car, um, mm-hmm. buying a yacht, I don't know, buying Bitcoin. What's, mm-hmm. what's in to buy right now, right? Uh, and to me... Yes, those things are important in coming up, but that's not the come up. The come up is about self-wealth, and that's a term that I use in the book. Self-wealth meaning that you are consistently working on improving who you are. Mm -hmm. That's you coming up. as long as you were different from who you were last year, you have come up. As long as you are different from who you were five years ago, you have come up. As long as you were different from who you were 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you are come up because you, you're constantly improving the version of you. You're constantly improving the version of you. And that's what the come up is really about. It's about consistently improving you. That's what you're coming up from. Uh, so, yeah. I think, and I think that's a good message. And when I thought about it, I was saying it is, it is the, the idea that I was telling my people that reflection is important. So when I think about the come up, when I first saw the name of the book, I first thought about it as if you're talking about where you were to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really think about time like that. I think about time as just the progression of life. Mm-hmm. I don't really think about it as yo, I need to be here at 25. I need to be here at 26 because if, if it's financially, times are much different from when our, ch- our parents were kids mm-hmm, and stuff like truths, that. Yes. If it's mentally, 
a lot of us are more aware with more information than, as I said, when our parents were children and kids. So mm-hmm. I can't really think about time that way anymore. So I thought about this as you writing the book from where you were to where you are now as a reflection. Mm-hmm. And I think reflection is so important to people. Like when you recall where you were in like your thought process when you're like 12 or 13 to where you are now, you would say that I've grown. Mm-hmm. And just speaking on that growth, it welcomes different chapters of the book, to me at least. So like, at one point I had to say, do I come in myself? <laughs> like, because, you know. having you question. Yeah. Be- before I even saw, like, yeah, because I see you have questions at the end of some chapters mm-hmm. or things for you to do at the end of certain chapters. So I say, before I even saw all like of that, I read it, just read the title and I say, do I come in myself? Because that's how I think about like motivational books or um, biz- even business books when it's speaking to you about like platforms and your circle and those. Right. Do I do this? Um, Make do it I agree relatable with- to you. Yeah. So I say, I like the fact that the title is well presented in what you're about to read because out of the times... It speaks to, like, for example, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. He's speaking about, like, he's Rich Dad and he's Poor Dad, which is why I like to present. He, throughout the whole book, he's presenting his, his Rich Dad's philosophy and his Poor Dad's philosophy. Um, for you, the whole time you're speaking, you're showing, this is how I was come up. This is where I was, this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that it has a direction in how you're going. And... To be honest, knowing you so long, because I was one, I was sitting and thinking about it. I've known you probably from I was long in third time. form. A long time. <laughs> so <laughs> I said to get this side of you, even though it's through a book, was really important because it made me see how you became yourself. Because I've always respected the fact that you know you pushed the motivation. You wanted to be a motivational speaker. You became emotional, a motivational speaker. You. Um, the q and the q thing is always important to me because one of the biggest things I want to be in the future is a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but, you know, it's, it's just a process. Yeah. And I like the fact that you're well involved in your club and we're supposed to actually speak back about that, but that's an affair thing. Okay. And we have seen how you've grown in the structures that have been used to present and make yourself. So it's a good thing. Like overall, I have to agree. I have to give you your props because I always said that a book is harder to write than a lot of people think it is. So with that, the ending, the blame game, why did you choose to end the book like that? The blame game, I think everything that I spoke about had to do with things that we hold on to because of society. And I see the chapter of the blame game as a like a re-socialization chapter. Mm-hmm. It's like after everything that I've told you, you may still have an issue with going out there and doing it because we're socialized to do things in a certain way. And I wanted to stop and let you know it's not your fault. I wanted to stop and let you know that if you get to the point of chapter 24 and you really still want to do something, but 
it, it kind of hold back your withholding because that's just not what you are. That's just not how you grew up. Mm. Uh, I wanted to pause and blame society for a moment and let you know it's not you. Mm. Uh, you are not the issue as to what is happening with this this controversial argument you have in your head. Am I really supposed to do it this way or that way? What what do I do? Uh, it's society, and we have to pull away from doing what society is expecting us to do mm. and do what you want to do. Pull away from what society is expecting you to think and pull away and, 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 and kind of just curtail in what you want to do. Like, just pause and remove society. If you could remove society uh, and society's expectations of you, what would you be doing? What would you want to do? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I thought, what better way than to let you know that uh, it's not you. It's what, it's what you've been socialized to do. And sometimes we have to re-socialize our minds to get to the other side. It's true. And I think that an important part of it is that we separate the, the, the why from how you're going to change. So to explain that, it would be like, me saying the reason why I call girls girl, for example, is because the society has made it so okay. Mm -hmm. But I can't use that as the reason why I can't change, if you get what I mean. Right. So a lot of us struggle with understanding that that's why you think like that versus knowing that it's not really right just because... A lot of people think that it's right. Yeah. So not because society doing it to mean yeah. that it's a thing to do. You know, we have to pull back and think for ourselves. What is it that we want to be? Who is it that we want to become? Yeah. And that's a big part of what you're portraying. You're trying to say that even though you can use the blame game to see why you're like this. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be you if you understand that that's why you're like this. And then you can make that change. Yes. So... I think that it's a good way to end the book. And I, I, I don't know why the, the ending of the book, I like your last, if you can read it, the last sentence of the book, of that chapter. So it goes right back, right back to Serenity where the book started with chapter one. And it says, remember, you are Serenity. Only you can take away your bad days. Yeah, and I said, that's something I preach to everybody I know. Even my mom, because sometimes she's always so, like, down on bad days. Mm -hmm. And I just tell her, say, remember, say, it's only you alone can take away the bad days. And that really just brings us both, like, closer when we understand it. But, see, as I tell you, I love the book. I hope everyone will get I'm it. I'm so happy that you love the book. Yeah, because as I said, I'm a big motivational reader. Mm -hmm. I'm a big um, business mind reader, um, reader. And I think that this book can like traverse both sectors because someone will read this and think that, you know, I can be the one that bridges that generational gap in my family. I can be that one that... Um, boost my family to go to therapy for the first time. Mm -hmm. I can be that one that um, can spark a change in a society that, frankly, needs altering. Like, how we think, how it's acceptable for us to think, better I say that. Yes. And how we, like, operate on a day-to-day -day basis. 
So, with that said, I have my questions. Okay, I always have, okay. I always ask all my guests, quick hitters, like just questions. It has nothing to do with motivation. Okay. It's just questions I have for you. Okay, okay. So, I always say four people that are alive that you'd want to speak to. Four people that I'd want to speak to? Yeah, and they uh, can be dead or alive. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Lisa Nichols, mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey. Um, let me see now. Oh, Beyonce. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> I'm, table. I'm, you know, I'm all over. Uh, Michelle Obama. And why? I think that all four of these women are dynamic women. Mm. Uh, all four of these women are black women. All four of these women are winning in the area of expertise that they have um, put out there. They're winning at their own standard. Uh, mm. They're doing great at their own standard. Mm. And I think, uh, I just want to sit and ask them, how, why? Just those two questions. Yeah. How, why? Um, yeah. I, and just to get a feel, you know, what pushes you to get up every morning and to make hit songs mm-hmm. and to continue to make hit songs where Beyonce is concerned. Yeah. Uh, uh, what pushed Oprah to, to transform because that's transformation. And I still think she's the most underrated black personality in the world because of what she does and how she, because the, the live show mm-hmm. was seen as like a white thing back those back in those exactly. days exactly and for her to have her come up in that period of life i think that's underrated for her, where she is now that's miraculous that's yeah. something that's not seen a black woman on the face of a tv show I say, she's a black woman it's coming from a white male dominated yeah. area exactly so i say I, I, you have to give her big props for everything she does and how she operates on her show mm-hmm. because she seems like she's so real so real oh, and I always get that you always get that from her yeah I think she's so relatable and how she operates I, I get that from a lot of the black personalities that are big mm-hmm. like you can just feel like yo I could sit down and talk to this person yes um favorite book my favorite book is Eat That Frog by mm-hmm. Brian Tracy mm-hmm. um Probably because it's a very short book, firstly. Um, but it talks about uh, how to get stuff done. Yeah. And, and for me, I'm always about wanting to get stuff done. And so I use that book in a lot of things that I do. And a lot of the trainings that I do. Mm-hmm. Eat That Frog, Brian Tracy. Um, it's a really good book because it's telling you that you need to eat your frog first. Do your ugliest task first. Do the thing that you really don't want to do. You know you have to do it. You don't want to do it. Um, you do that first. And it can really turn over your day because that's what I practice. Um, and I would agree with that. I usually try to do whatever in the day is the most draining task that I have. I usually try to do that first. Yeah. It just helps me, I mean, get my day done enough proper way yeah um song that speaks to you i have a lot of songs that speak to me Mm -hmm. Um, i must admit to you that i really love the song goals by popcorn Mm -hmm. Uh, i love goals by popcorn probably because i'm all about 
crushing goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love dancehall music. And I feel like dancehall music gets me motivated. It pushes me. Um, and it's relatable yeah. to me because of the society that I'm living in. And so I, I, I love the song. Another song that I really like is Where I'm Coming From, Lila Aike. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it's relatable to me. Uh, when I look at where I'm coming from, it's like, Jano, really me? This a lie. Mm. When I go back home, it's like, wow. Um, I can't believe this is where I'm coming from. Uh, and so those two songs, anywhere them play, you know my song that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I usually love when, when, well, I love when Jamaican artists, not just reggae artists, but Jamaican artists, try to portray the reality that we live in. Mm-hmm. Because... A lot of them hate when they talk about like gun violence and all that stuff, but I love it because how else will the world know what they're truly coming from? Yes. Um, that's why I like um, Lila Ike's song, The Bratty Rider Shorts, yes. because she's that's that's something every female I know goes through that. Everybody. And that's just real. Like you like when to hear music and it's just a real expression a real, of the person. A, a song that I love. I know that's, it's a new song, but it's not so new. Skilly Bang, Torpedo. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've listened to that song, but every time I listen to the song, I kind of put it on replay because the song starts with his mother talking. Mm-hmm. And I find that if we live in Jamaica, we always have our mother calling us, telling us, yo, we have to be careful out there and do your thing. I'm proud of you, but be careful out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that to me is so relatable um, also. Yeah, that song it, is a that's that's why I love when they try to get related, like they try to add personal things in their music. Mm-hmm. But as I said, music is another topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you could speak to ten year old you right now and give them advice about what's about to happen, what would you say to them? I tell her not to worry. I think I was doing a lot of worrying at 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, worrying if I was going to make it out. Sorry, not to worry. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and it, it's all going to pay off. Um, you don't need to be afraid. And you don't need to feel like you're not enough. Everything is going to pay off. Just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's literally what I tell 10-year-old me. Yeah, I think, you know, reflection is important. So that's why I think that question is important to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm, I'm going to add this question because it, it happened to me this week. Just uh, something you heard this week that's important. Because for me, it was um, someone said striving for excellence, but kissing greatness. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I said, I said it because, and he explained it to me in that you always strive for excellence. But if it's greatness, you'll only ever touch it in a moment. And that's, true. that's how you're going to always want to strive for excellence. So I said, it's interesting. That's so true. I'm, I'm thinking about it now. And I'm like, you really just, it's just in the moment you kiss greatness. Yeah. It's just that moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, um, that's good. For me, I think it, um, I listen to... I listen to Sarah Jakes Roberts a lot. Mm -hmm. And so this week I heard her talking about fighting doubt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that stood out to me because for some strange reason, no matter how we kick fear out the way, uh, we always come back to 
doubting ourselves if we want to start something new. And mm. so we always have to be fighting that doubt. And just those two words, fighting doubt. Um, to ensure that we just keep fighting doubt. To, to kick it out of the way. We don't need to be doubting who we are. We don't need to be doubting what we can do. Exactly. Because as you said, we're there on the come up. <laughs> um, one message that you wish could be transmitted to everybody. You can do it no matter where you're coming from. And I feel like everybody said that all the time. Mm. But I don't feel like we believe it. Like, no matter where you're coming from, uh, roof leaking, zinc fence, board house, uh, you can do it. And it don't have to be done in in any illegal activity sort of way. Mm. Uh, You can come up from just about every single circumstance that you may be facing into a better version of you. Are you that when you look at, when you look at her, when you look at him, it's so surprising. In is a um oh my gosh mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's a lie uh, I never knew you can do it you can come up from just about every single circumstance things that look like you're gonna die in it mm-hmm. uh, you can come up from it I, I like that it's a good that's a good wholesome message for everyone um the message that I thought about this week was as you said never give up never give up that's just never give up um I'll talk Alter course, don't give up. That's my preach to everybody. Um, That's powerful. Strangest compliment you've ever gotten. My feet, my feet nice. <laughs> <laughs> a student told me that. Yeah. Means your feet look good. Weird, weird, you know. My teacher all boy school, and I'm like, okay, um, thank yeah, you. That, that, that kind of <laughs> suspect to me, still. But, um, so, Questions I ask everyone. Guess for the show, who do you want to hear me to hear from? Like someone that you know. Who who do you want me to speak to? Because as I said, you have a specific topic, but I'll speak to everyone about anything as long as it's insightful. I think in big, I want you to talk to Leon Bailey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to hear his real story, not okay. the surface story. Like coming up from poverty, transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um. Who else? Who else? Who else? Let me see if I can think about anybody else. Um, and I, th- I think in big for you, um, Miss mm. Kitty. I always mm. like hearing Miss Kitty's story. Yeah, I love hearing her speak. And yeah, and and how she speak on certain topics. Mm. Only she can just curtail something that uh, you never even think could have, you know, be compared together um, mm. and make it so relatable. Uh, yeah. Um. Do you have any questions for me? I know, but I want to say, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Podcast, sell off, turn up, nice, <laughs> beer goodness. Um, and, and just keep having conversations about topics that people don't even know could be in a podcast. You yeah. know, th- people don't even think about it. And keep having real conversations with real people. Yeah, um, I, I would strive to always try to make this podcast be real. I want it to be... We're speaking about things that I go through, you know, the person go through. Mm-hmm. Um, we really deep dive into stuff because yeah. anything can be a conversation. You really just, as the show name, you just have to ask. Just yeah. have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's true. And that's just always been like my personality when I get really deep with someone. Like we, if you want to speak about something, there's nothing I feel anyway about talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that should be translated to everybody. Like, you know, 
what's the point? What's the what's the reason why not to ask that person and have that conversation with that person? That's so true. That's so true. But yes, I just like to thank you for being here and you know, um, us dissecting your book and giving like real life um, understanding to where, as you said, how you came up mm-hmm. and how you see the world. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, Anthony. All right, cool. Okay.